2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount
1: using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com. It's Keith McPherson on The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the Free Odyssey app.
3: I think we got to change my music soon. I don't know when we're changing it back. Paulie hit it the other night. We got to bring that Yankee beat back. I think once we get to uh, opening day, the week of opening day, 877-337-6666. You know what we're about to do. We're about to talk sports for five hours, a five-hour KM to AM. And guess what? Football is done. Basketball is on break. So I don't really care to talk about the NFL or the NBA. Every single day that I get on this mic, I care to talk about Major League Baseball. And a lot of times you hear me say, we're going to force the conversation later in the night. But guess what? We don't have to force the conversation. We don't have to wait till later in the night. There's plenty to talk about right now. It's time for it. It's time for the hype, the speculation. It's time for the iPhone videos coming out of spring training of bullpens and Guys throwing BP. It's time for all the quotes and everybody talking big about the season and the expectations and what they can or can't do. Like, it's time for all that. From every, everybody. You just heard Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred is dreaming of retirement. He hates baseball. He cannot wait to go play his favorite sport, golf. He's going to tour the world and see every golf course across the globe. I mean, step down now, Rob. Why wait? <laughs> 877-337-6666. Connor, do we have the clip of Rob talking about the um, the jersey? So last night I was on, and, and even the night before, I had some takes about the City Connect uniforms. I, I'm disappointed that the Yankees are holding out and still not doing it, and the only other team that isn't doing it is the Oakland A's. They're polar opposites. I, I get the Oakland A's leaving their fan base and not wanting to make a jersey for them. The Yankees, to me, have no excuse besides... Bam, bam, the 27-time Yankees, prestige and honor. Like, yeah, we get it. The facial hair policy and uh, tradition and and uh, you changed your jerseys and you're taking the trim off of the lettering on the road grays. But you can't give us a cool alternative jersey. We can't get a City Connect jersey to connect the city. So I went on that rant. I'll probably do that again tonight. But if you're online and you've seen the new Fanatics Nike jerseys, Maybe this is why the Yankees aren't making one this year. The, the Fanatics Yankees or the F- Fanatics Nike jerseys, they look janky. They look cheap. They look fake. And Fanatics has a history of sending people fake jerseys. Well, not fake jerseys. They're officially licensed, but they don't look good. The number will be a little bit off, the font will be small in the name, they won't fit right. Um yeah, let's let's run the clip of Rob Manfred. Endorsing these janky jerseys where i saw carlos mendoza come out there and and the the letters for his last name were too small they dropped the uh, mlb logo underneath the collar they don't look good but here's what the commissioner says about the new jerseys for 2024
1: well we always pay attention to what people are saying um uh, uh, about any new initiative um i think you know in baseball any new initiative there's going to be some negative feedback um First and most important, uh, these are Nike jerseys. I mean, we entered this partnership with Nike because of who they are and the kinds of products that they produce. Um, Everything they've done for us so far has been absolutely 100% successful across the board. Um, the jerseys are different. They're designed to be performance wear as opposed to what has traditionally been worn, so they are going to be different. But they have been tested more extensively than any jersey in any sport. Uh, the feedback from the All-Star game last year where the jerseys were worn was uniformly positive from the players. So I think after people you know, wear them a little bit, I think they're, they're going to be really popular.
3: Yeah, all right. First off, the All-Star jerseys last year were terrible. I went to Seattle, and I saw them. They sucked. I saw them in the Seattle Mariners team store. I saw them on the field. They were not good. They were not good. I don't know who puts these ideas together for Major League Baseball. Um, I used to work with Ann Osi. Shout out to Ann. She's great, and uh, maybe she's taking a step back, but they need some help. I don't care that they're Nike. I'm a Nike guy. I love Nike. The quality screams fanatics quality, not Nike quality, and I think if enough players complain— We might see some change. Obviously, the fans have been roasting them online. They look terrible. And I'm someone that thought about getting a Juan Soto jersey this year. Nah, not if it's going to look like that. But it actually benefits the Yankees not having the name on the back because the biggest gripe is how the last names are printed on the jerseys. They're not straight across. They're, like, curved around the numbers. Like, there's an image floating around of Justin Verlander online. And, obviously, Verlander is not the shortest name but the V starts in the middle of the three, and the R comes to, like, the middle of the five. It's, it's janky, man. They got to do better. This is Major League Baseball. And uh, I think that if enough players complain about that, then we'll see some change. 877 337 What else? There's a ton. Um, Cashman spoke. Garrett Cole spoke. Francis Lindor spoke. Marcus Stroman spoke. Let's start with Marcus Stroman. First off, Stroh. I'm rocking with you, bro. We have no toys. I'm rocking with you. I am fearful that you can't stay out of your own way. And early signs already point to you being just like so obsessed with attention, you being so obsessed with the spotlight. I mean, today I'm scrolling and I actually, you know, Connor's producing a show and I saw Connor retweet it and I saved it from my notes. <laughs> I'm scrolling today. And I know Strowman spoke to the media, and he sang the praises of Cashman. I think we have some cuts from him, Um, and he talked about this year. But I see, and I don't follow Strowman on Instagram. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. I I really don't. I, I just hope this guy does what he said. So he put on Instagram today, locked in for season, ring chasing with the squad. No time for nonsense. To all my family, friends, and acquaintances, I'm sorry if I don't reply to messages or respond to missed calls. I'm busy. Love you, though. Talk to you all around Thanksgiving. Time to get to work with a lock. Oh, so you're going zero dark 30 on February 15th, and no one in your family and friends can expect to hear from you until Thanksgiving? Why Thanksgiving? The season doesn't end around Thanksgiving. The season ends like two weeks before Thanksgiving. I guess if you're expecting a ring and a parade, maybe you'll need that time as well. But come on, bro. It's just too dramatic. And it's like, it just shows me that you need to use social media. It shows me that you crave attention. Like, oh, I'm going to type this into my story. Just stop. Just delete the app. Delete the app. That's what I initially said about Strowman. If he deletes the apps and locks in, he actually got what he wanted. His dream from being a child to now a grown man is realized he wanted to be a Yankee. When he went back and forth with Cashman in 2019, whatever it was, Cashman basically Said he wasn't going to be a starter, wasn't going to be a factor. That's why they weren't interested. Strowman went back and forth to criticize whoever was pitching for the Yankees then. I don't know, uh, Jay Happ or James Paxton, whoever. And now fast forward to Strowman is singing the praises of Brian Cashman. Loves being a Yankee. He's showing up wearing 1996 Yankee hat. And he's all about it. But, dude, just chill. Like, please chill with the social media media please chill with like asking for attention and even talking about the fact that you're going to be the guy on the mound for the home opener Friday April 5th. We'll all be there. We'll all be supporting you, but like I got to warn you and I know you know if you suck, you're going to hear it. And you specifically are going to hear it even more because you're blocked or you you blocked Yankee fans. Your your past with Yankee fans online, like people don't forget and we live in a world now where people actually like take social media stuff into real life so you have to be an ace you have to be good because if you struggle there are people that are built into the yankee fan base that want to see you fail can we play some of the cuts from number zero marcus stroman the third pitcher in the rotation for your new york yankees
4: whatever we have just run it this is a situation i didn't think i'd be in at all you know what i mean but it's a situation that has excited me more than anybody knows you know when cashman calls and says he wants you to play for the yankees that's like it gives you chills when aaron judge calls you and tells you he wants you to play for the yankees it gives you chills you know when everyone reaches out and tells you that they want you to be a part of this organization you know what i mean that puts you that puts me i'm getting chills right now <laughs> like i can't wait to go out there um yeah i really can't wait I, it's hard for me to put into words but it, like, I know I'm probably going to be slated third in the rotation, and that will line me up for the home opener against the Toronto Blue Jays. So I, I just love moments like that, and I feel like I'm the one to pick, be in big moments like that, and I can't wait to, to feel the energy of the crowd.
3: Aye, aye, aye. you're just You're just setting yourself up. Say less. That's something we say in New York. Say less. Say less. Say less. Please, yo. There's no need for all of this. Like, I'm already getting nervous for you. I'll be fine. If you suck, I'll be in there laughing especially if it's the first game against your former team, whatever. But I want you to perform well. I want you to have the best season of your life. And you know what? Set the expectations low. This is the hype capital. This is the time for all the hype. Don't believe the hype. This is New York. The hype burns us. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. Daniel Jones got paid $40 million a year. <laughs> now the Giants closed the gap on the Cowboys and the Eagles. Remember that? Last year, going into the season, oh, the Yankees were in the ALCS. Judge is captain. Now they're gonna go to the World Series. The Mets, 101 wins. Oh, Justin Verlander, look out for the Mets. Like people were calling the fan, talking about a Subway Series, World Series. This is the hype capital. Just three weeks ago, the Knicks were winning the finals. They're on a four-game losing streak. They're banged up. Now everybody's cooled off because the hype is not good. Don't believe the hype. It's a drug, and it's fleeting. You be high off it for a minute. And then you come crashing back down. 877-337-6666. Who else spoke today? Well, also, Cashman added, or uh, Strowman added about Cashman. He said, Cashman's the man. Let me see if I can like imitate his voice, because I feel like he tries to like he tries to talk like a cool guy. Actually, we do have that cut. I don't have to read it. Okay, Connor, run, run the praise, and I'm gonna go back <laughs> and find what Strowman said on Twitter about Cashman and their back and forth from years ago. Fast forward to modern modern day. Water under the bridge. Whatever, forget it. Bygones be bygones. Now let's listen to Marcus Stroman talking about Brian Cashman today.
4: Cashman's a man. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, what an incredible human being. Someone who's very personable. He's bopping around saying what's up every day. I, I feel like he handles his role very different than most people in his position. Yeah.
3: Okay. So you have dealt with the Toronto Blue Jays the Mets, the Cubs. I don't even have the time to go through who their GMs are. But, like, you attacked Cashman, you attack the Yankees, but now you're singing a different tune. It's fine. Who else spoke today? Another pitcher, the best pitcher on the New York Yankees, who we need to win back-to-back Cy Youngs, who we need to be the stopper, who we need to be Garrett Cole, right? Garrett Cole is getting straight to it. Let's play the cuts from Garrett Cole, and whatever we don't have, I'll fill in the blanks from what I heard today.
2: Well, I mean, I think that I think that by and large like you, you need to prepare in the off season well I mean this isn't this isn't how it used to be you know even even 10, 10 years ago or so when I started where you know guys kind of would come into spring training and use spring training as a as a ramp up and th- there's just a higher level of intensity much sooner and so that forces the demand on the player to be to build the tank up to build the capacity and the tolerance up in the off season I mean that's going to be your number one That's gonna be your number one goal. Certainly there was certainly there was injuries that are that are outside of the normal realm of injuries that 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 impacted us. You know, with that said, we get injured too much as a group. Like we need to improve.
3: (laughs) Cole's tired of it, right? Because Cole is the most reliable pitcher in baseball. Cole is there every five days. Cole had a issue with COVID in the hammy a few years back. I mean, after that the guy is always there. Even when he sucked, giving up all those home runs two years ago, what'd he do? He bounced back and won the AL Cy Young in a down year for the Yankees. He's ready to win. He also was quoted as saying, I'm just here to do my job and win the World Series. He understands. He's getting up there in age, and there are talented guys around him, but there's just too much time that they miss. And I don't think that was a shot at anyone besides the entire Yankees organization because they consistently lead the league in IL stints. I, I got to find a stat nerd that can actually like, dig in and find that information for me. Like, the number of days that the Yankees have players on the IL since, let's say, 2019 to now, they have to lead the league. They have to. John Carlos Stanton probably has the most days accumulated. You could put Judge in there. I know Judge is an injury problem, but Judge has missed a ton of time. Uh, they had to shut Rizzo down last year, Trevino down. Like, the, the list— goes on. LeMay, who's been on there, um, guys have to stay healthy. And if they stay healthy, then they actually have a juggernaut. If they stay healthy, they actually have a dominant team on paper. Let's see it. Now is the time coming off of 2023. Brian Cashman spoke today and he literally said, nobody wants to go back to that. And if you hear me every night, I say, you guys want to live in, in in 2023, you guys want to live in that season. That's, that's an anomaly. That's an outlier. He said, no one wants to go back to 2023 and the only way to put 23 behind us is to have a double down focus on 2024. So I like I like everything that's coming out of Yankee camp, but this is as expected. Usually it's talk about titles and, you know, 28. Now it's like an actual urgency, it feels, because they know what they're coming off of. And they know, like, nobody's standing for it. The fans will not accept it. And they did get Juan Soto. Garrett Cole spoke on Juan Soto. And, I mean, I don't think Soto's saying anything yet. I'm waiting to hear when he gets there and what what he has to say. Obviously, he's the new guy, but I hope he also practices the say-less approach. Just say less, bro. Just don't let your actions speak for you. Actions speak louder than words. We don't need all this yapping, all this talk, and all these sound bites. I know you guys got to meet with the media, but aren't the Yankees the most media trained? So Garrett Cole speaks on having Juan Soto as a teammate. He says, I'm very thankful that I don't have to pitch against him, and I'm very thankful that he's on our side. I'm excited to see what he can bring. Garrett Cole is ready to go. Uh, Aaron Judge is down there ready to go. Nestor Cortez, I was watching Nestor Cortez saying that he spent a lot of time there. Um, Aaron Boone spoke yesterday. He said DJ LeMayu was there doing the offseason program. I like the fact that we had to go through an 82-80 and season to shock these guys into reality. Reality is it's been 15 years since you got to and won a World Series. Reality is you have multiple $300 million players on this team. You have multiple guys over the age of 30. You have some young guys, and now you have a guy like Juan Soto, a guy like Marcus Stroman, a guy like Alex Verdugo joining the club for a different energy in the clubhouse. It's go time. It's go time. Boone says they're hell-bent on being a champion. Good. But talk is cheap, man. Let's see it. But now is the time for all of that, and that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about it. 877 337-6666, speaking of talk, the captain over there for the Mets, he's not actually, but, you know, uh, Francisco Lindor. I look at Francisco Lindor as the leader of the team. And he spoke today, and he said nobody was expecting the Diamondbacks, but I'm sure they were. Not too many people were expecting the Rangers either, but I'm sure they were. And he was talking about external expectations for the Mets in 2024 and how they're lower than they were last season. But internally, The goal remains the same, to win. Win as many games as you can and be the last team standing. And what I say to the Met fan is, this is good for you. We're on polar opposite sides. The Yankees have all the hype, all the pressure, all the expectations. It's going to be harder for the Yankees to measure up. The bar is set so low for the Mets. I mean, you win a couple series, you get off to a hot start, have a winning streak, you're going to be happy with the team. You're going to be happy with David Stearns. And what I say about these guys when I look at the Mets team, whether it's Francisco Lindor, whether it's Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McNeil needs to have a bounce-back year. Stalin Marte needs to have a bounce-back year. Francisco Alvarez needs to grow. And I don't think we talk about that young man enough. He is an emerging star in this league. He fits the, the description of the emerging stars in baseball. Brett Beatty, show up. Mark Vientos, grow. These guys... This is their their life. This is their livelihood. You know, I heard Aaron Boone talking about how you have a limited amount of time to be a professional athlete, specifically a major league baseball player. Don't let it pass you by. I think you're a fool if you think that the Mets are going to roll out there and lose. Nobody plays to lose. So they're going to go out there and compete and it, and it's great for them that the expectations are so low. Set the bar low, you won't be disappointed. 877 66 6666 Man, that's not even half of my open, but we got a break. I have guests joining me in an hour. Hannah Kaiser will join me. You've probably seen her on SNY. You've probably seen her on MLB Now, and she was also on MLB Network's Off Base with me. She's great. She's a writer. She's super smart. She knows her baseball. We're going to bring her in at 8.15 to talk baseball with us. And then at 10.15, my guy Max Goodman, who covers the Yankees. He's not down there at spring training yet, but I ran into him at the Pinstripe Pride event over at American Dream two weeks ago. He covers the Yankees. He does a great job. And we're going to talk Yanks with him. We'll talk Mets and general baseball stuff with Hannah Kaiser. Kaiser, But I want to talk to you. 877-337-6666. That's my 20-minute open. Let's take this break. Let's get to the calls. This is Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back.
5: Call from mom
3: Yo, you guys are hilarious, man. Uh, Keep McPherson on the fan, 5-hour KM to AM. I do a quick open for 20 minutes uh, with different cuts. Connor works on, you know, talking to Lugie and getting the audio and the cuts for my open. I come in fiery, like, we don't have to force the baseball conversation. And I go look at all the calls and the topics, and you guys want to talk about everything (laughs) but baseball. (laughs) Like, don't you guys get tired of the NFL? Like, you guys aren't tired of the NFL? We don't have to talk about the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl teams. Like, the NBA is on a break. I, I will I will, do it, obviously. I will humor everyone that calls my show. I appreciate you guys. 877-337-6666. And clearly, like, you guys called with your own agendas before I even got to, like... It's It's fine. It's a five-hour show. We will get... To everything, um, I did say that I was going to follow up on the Strowman stuff, right? I am rooting for Marcus Strowman, and he is going to be a topic of conversation on this radio station this whole season and next year, because he's a former Met. He was recently a, a former Cub, so it's not the same as Harrison Bader and Luis Severino and the topic um, of conversation that they're going to be, but like Mets fans feel a certain way about him, Yankee feel, fans feel a certain way about him, and... People don't forget, so I told you guys. Like now, he's singing the praises of Cashman. Cashman's the man, you know. I'm gonna be honest with you. He's an incredible human being, and like, <laughs> yeah, because I guess because he just ran you 18 million a year and made your literal life dream come true. But we we didn't forget, Marcus. The internet is written in ink, bro. We remember. What an what incredible
4: you said. human being. <laughs>
3: Cashman's an incredible human being. Yankee fans walk around with fire Cashman shirts. Yankee fans organize a fire Cashman night. Cashman's the Yankee- man. <laughs> Yankee fans think the opposite of Cashman being the man. Last night, I was starting to go in on Cashman for his 2022 trade deadline acquisitions. I'm like, all you did was bring us IL guys, and you already lead the I- the, the league and IL trip. Scott, Efrost is hurt again. Frankie Montas, Lou Trevino's coming back. We didn't see him all last year. You traded for Harrison Bader in a walking boot. The best move that Cashman made was getting rid of Joey Gallo and getting Clayton Beater in the 2022 trade deadline. Other than that, everybody traded for his damaged goods.
4: What an incredible human being.
3: Yeah, we need him to be an incredible GM. He's just the eternal GM. And, uh, man, I, I don't know. But, you know, I just mentioned Joey Gallo, and now's my opportunity to... Uh, Speak on Joey Gallo Day tomorrow, and uh, some people are dropping off because they understand. Like one of my calls was, um, <laughs> one of the calls <laughs> was, "How are you not fascinated by Wemby?" I don't want to talk about Wembenyama. Get the get, what? I wasn't t- I wasn't taking that call, and I guess somebody heard my show the other night where I said watching him play basketball is odd. I'm just not used to the circus shit. Like I'm not used to a guy that can. Guard the front court and backcourt at the same time. I'm not used to a guy that can like dunk the basketball without jumping. It's it's odd to me. But anyway, um, Joey Galladay tomorrow. Um, WFAN presents Joey Galladay retiring number thirteen. Doran, Evan, and Tiki. I've got no issue with A Rod. I am more of a Jeter guy. Um, but like, I feel like when I see that thirteen. I think of Joey Gallo before I think of A-Rod. So I'm all for Sean Morash's idea of honoring A-Rod because we do have to right a wrong. Like, A-Rod is never going to get his flowers from the New York Yankees. Literally ever. Never. They're not doing any type of A-Rod celebration. No A-Rod day. He's not welcome back at the stadium. He works with Fox. That might be how he comes back. But, like, he's never going to get the pump and circumstance For 2009 and the Yankees better go ahead and win another world series because every year that we go without winning a world series he becomes a greater figure because man without 2009 how many years would it have been between championships but I jokingly call it Joey Gallo day tomorrow because I was watching him wear that number 13 and uh. Man, not only did the Yankees like, you know, disrespect, like they they went all the way out of line to disrespect A-Rod by giving Joey Gallo permission to wear that number. Joey Gallo grew up a Yankees fan. He said he had a A-Rod screen name or something when he was young, but he was super soft. And you know what? When I think about A-Rod, obviously he's cringy. Obviously, I think he's terrible on TV in the call and I think he tries too hard for a guy that's got millions of dollars and was one of the best hitters I've ever seen. He, he just needs to chill and just realize, like, you're, you're good, bro. But, like, A-Rod was tough. When A-Rod came back, everybody was throwing at him. When A-Rod came back, he had to face every opposing crowd. He had to face his own fans. Baseball hated him. This guy was suspended for a whole season. Like, A-Rod went through a lot. And he had the best brand refresh of all time. Like, this guy comes back, he's America's sweetheart, he's dating J-Lo, he's on TV, whatever. What an incredible be
4: a, human being. Yeah, what an
3: incredible human being. <laughs> so, for A-Rod Day tomorrow, please make sure you include the fact that the Yankees gave his number to Joey Gallo. And Joey Gallo was st- statistically the worst hitter I think we've ever seen in a Yankee uniform. And then Joey Gallo went on to cry about how he couldn't walk around the city because Yankee fans were heckling him. Yankee fans tried to pick you up, bro. I was in there. I was in there laughing at at the, like, pocket of fans that when you would strike out and you would go over like, your fourth or fifth at bat, there were still some fans in there like Joey Gallo. I'm like, no, this guy's a bum. This guy should be benched. You know? Joey Gallo just, like, doubled down on the disrespect of A-Rod and his number. <laughs> he was the worst hitter we've ever seen. And he was soft. AF, this guy literally cried about not being able to walk around the city. Oh, my bad. You come out of your nice plush apartment and you want to go down the street to get something from the store and somebody heckles you. Deal with it, bro. You're making, like, over $10 million to strike out. 877-337-6666. Josh is in the Bronx. Josh, you're on the fan first. Keith,
7: (laughs) I got to tell you, I mean, like, you know, If if Taylor Swift's lucky number is 13, right, Joey Gallo and Alex Rodriguez, right, then she's going out with Kelsey, you
3: know. He's got more rings than them. Josh, why are you bringing Taylor Swift in here? And I'd never hang up on you, Josh, but that's just not how we're going to start off with the first call. How does everything have to pivot back to Taylor Swift? Aren't you guys tired of that? The Super Bowl is over. We don't have to do that anymore. I love you, Josh, but come on. You're working for the Swifties now? Good grief. We're talking about Joey Gallo. We're talking about A-Rod Day tomorrow. We're talking about Marcus Stroman. And now let me finish my Marcus Stroman thought. You're the best, Josh. I- I'll tweet at you to apologize. But you didn't have to take the show to Taylor Swift. She dominates everything. So the internet is written in ink, I was saying. And here are the tweets from Marcus Stroman. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go. Let's go back, back, way back. Let's go back to October 21st, 2020. Marcus Stroman says, besides Cole, uh, let me try and do his voice. This, he wrote this on Twitter, but I'm going to try and do his voice. Besides Cole, there's no current Yankees pitcher who will be anywhere in my league over the next five to seven years. Let me count. We're in 2024. 2024. So we're in that, we're in that window coming up. Besides Cole, there's no current Yankee pitcher who will be anywhere in my league over the next five, seven years. Their pitching always folds in the end. That lineup and payroll should be winning World Series left and right. Yet they're in a drought. LOL. Shrug emoji. (laughs) Let's go back, but not as far back. More current. November sixteenth, twenty 2021. Marcus Stroman at Stroh. On Twitter. I've been blocked. All my homies are blocked by Stroh. I don't even know what I said or did. I think I was making fun of him for um, lobbying to be a Yankee. I remember his his goofy ass was talking about how, oh, I'm back. I'm riding in the city. I'm listening to Hot 97. So good to be back in New York. It's like, bro, just stop. Like, we get it. You want to be a Yankee. It'll eventually happen, but not then. So in 2021, he says, Yankees haven't won a World Series since 2009. Oh, I got to do his voice. Sorry. Yankees haven't won a World Series since 2009. I'm getting chills right now. <laughs> <laughs> they routinely spend more than any other team and acquire the biggest names at every trade deadline. The way they spend, the way they spend and the players they get should result in much more success than they've had. You don't agree? Question <sighs> mark. And now you're talking about ring hunting and today you come out with the whole uh zero dark 30 and um yeah. So, bro, come on, come on. Luke is in Westchester next up on the fan. Hey, Keith, how you doing tonight? Good, happy to be here. Five-hour show, having a good time already.
6: Great, great, great. Now don't, don't let Storma get underneath your skin there. I mean, he's always going to talk. He's always going yap. Now that he's it's with just, us,
3: I want him to shut up and just perform, just knock it off. Yeah. It's scaring me because I'm like, we can't go through a whole season like this.
6: Yeah, so good
3: luck with that because I, he wants the attention,
6: so Whoa. I don't, I don't it's see bad. how it's going to shut him down, but it is what it is. So anyway, but, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about the injury issues and, and I'm glad Cole brought that up because he had to be so frustrated last year with the way he pitched. He could have had 20 wins with all the injuries these guys have. And, and that's my concern is that. It's all the best players are all the guys that are highly injured, you know. I, I heard nothing about Judge getting surgery on his toe. That's what they were all talking about in the off season. You didn't hear anything about that, so yeah, I don't know it, how mir-
3: that's going to last. Um, the guy's an alien. He just healed up like Wolverine, and, and the toe is back to new like it was never broken. I don't know. I, I hope it's good. I hope it's better than good.
6: Yeah, yeah. And then I'm, I'm worried like hell for Rizzo. Because, I mean, he had a major concussion. When you don't know you have a concussion, that's an issue and you're getting a headache and it's that long. I mean, he gets another, you know, ding to the head. Uh, Who knows how long he's going to be out for. Those things are difficult. He's had
3: the back issue for years now. I don't know. I don't know that that's fixed. So now you have the back to worry about and his head. Yes, go on, Luke.
6: Right, and then same thing with Mayhew with his foot. I mean, it seems like the last two years he's having uh, problems with his foot. And, you know, you've seen the way the batting average is, has dropped. And I think anybody knows who's played baseball, you know how important that first step is you know, to transfer your weight and where he has to plant that foot. Boone so, claims, I mean, it, it takes a
3: pounding. Boone claims he's been there and he did the off-season running program. Boone claims that his lower body, his legs, including his feet, look better and the power... That that he has in the box is there. I don't, I don't. I'm taking Boone's word. The first day of camp, the optimism, the positivity. Sure, I, fingers crossed.
6: Yeah, and then Stanton's the last one. I mean, when he had the year two years ago and he was excellent in the playoffs, the same thing. He played just about the entire season. They got him out there in the outfield. It seemed like that helped his body and, and instead of just doing the DH, but, and then you saw what happened last year. I mean, I, I just don't know. It's like you dress the guy in bubble wrap and just pray to God. I mean, I, I just don't know with it.
7: Yeah,
3: he, he makes a lot of money. He's not going anywhere. You can't trade him. He's got a no-trade clause, and nobody wants that money for what he is. He couldn't go from second to home last year. He was trotting around the bases. It was terrible. I know, I know six-year-old kids that could have made it faster than him, but this guy was an all-star, not just an all-star. Two years ago, he won the MVP of the all-star game in L.A. Like, we need him to return to form. They absolutely need him to return to to form, I, I saw pictures of him like we all did for the most part. That he's slimmed down, you know, leaned up or whatever, so he can be more athletic. He doesn't have to play the outfield. We literally do not need him to play the outfield. If he if he's struggling as a DH, and that might be something they do to get him going, sure. But they have professional outfielders now. We need him to hit. He is the DH. He's going to start off as a DH, and you know what? If he struggles, he's going to end up being a platoon DH, or he's going to end up on the bench because when Dominguez comes back, you know. Yeah,
6: and let me tell you, Dominguez, is just, he's the biggest wild card. I was so disappointed on that injury to him at the end of the year because I really felt like, wow, you got him. Because you need a couple of bats in there to protect Judge so Judge can do what he needs to do so they're successful out there.
3: Well, I mean, good things coming out of camp about Dominguez. He's going to start throwing, and they said by, end, by the end of camp, he's going to be swinging a bat. So by the end of camp, That's... late March, right, if they're saying he's going to yeah. be back in the summer, I think it's going to be the earlier part of the summer versus the later part of the summer. Luke, thanks for the call. 877-337-6666. Let's see. Um, College basketball, Steve Wilkes. Steve Cohen. I haven't mentioned any of those three guys, but I will You – don't hang up. I will will take the calls, and we will talk about something else because I understand everybody's not a Yankee fan. Everybody doesn't care about what's going on with the Yankees. Yes, they do. Of course they do. This is New York. This is WFAN. Keith McPherson on the fan. We'll be right back. boys and girls we're almost through the first hour five hour km to a.m on the fan thanks for joining us thanks for calling in 877 66 66 Thursday night February 15th we're on the other side of February soon it'll be March it'll be opening day and it'll be spring and warm and let's get there man I'm looking forward to it Keith McPherson on the fan let's uh See if we can sneak in a call or two. Reminder, coming up in about 25 minutes, Hannah Kaiser will join me. She is a writer, uh, someone that I admire. I just think she's smart. I think she knows her baseball. I did a TV show with her at MLB Network two years ago. You might have seen her on uh, Baseball Night in New York with Sal She is going to join us at 8.15 to talk Mets and general baseball stuff. I'm just going to throw random things at her about the state of baseball and ask her some questions about the Mets as well. She's a Phillies fan, but she obviously is out here. I've I've run into her at Yankee Stadium in the press area. I know she definitely covers, um, you know, the Mets at City Field, and and I've seen her go to the postseason and do a bunch of things. And yeah, looking forward to having Hannah on. I think this is the second time I had I I've had Hannah on. I think I had her on with the group that I did off base um, with. I had LGX and Hannah on. I think all around the same time. Uh, the year that we, we did that, 2022. But now I'm just going to have Hannah on by herself. So let's take a call before we get to the next break and the 8 o'clock, 8.15 guest. Let's see. Eenie, meenie, miny, moe. We're, we're going to take a call that has nothing to do with what I, I've been talking about. Richard in Manhattan on the fan in New York.
7: Keith, what's happened to college basketball in the Northeast? What you conference? only have one one school in the top fifty, yeah. they happen to be number one, Yukon. But the states of New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Maryland, Rhode Island, uh, jo- uh, the territory, uh, Washington DC, zero schools. Zero. You got more schools in the top fifty from the state of Utah, BYU and Utah State. Imagine that—two schools in the top fifty in uh, Utah. I- and only one in the whole northeast. Sure.
3: I get it. I mean, I, what's I, going on? I started off talking about conference realignment. I started uh, the next thing I was going to say is college sports in general is the wild wild west. There are NIL deals, there are transfer portals, there are coaches moving around, and some of our best players from New York and New Jersey, they dip out and go elsewhere. Um when I when I look at college basketball now, right? You obviously know the blue blood schools and and the power schools. But, like, I, I don't think that we are without – you know, look at UConn. UConn won last year. UConn is, is a top school. Count them as a northeast school. St. Right. John's now is trying to have a resurgence, obviously, with Rick Pitino. Um Villanova counts as part of us. Um, I'm, but they're I'm not like,
7: doing it this year.
3: Yeah, they're not doing it this year. But, like, it's just, like, basketball has changed. College basketball specifically is, the, like – College sports in general has changed.
7: JR, JR, I'm sorry. Keith, I grew up, well, I grew up in the 60s, but in the late 70s, early 80s, college basketball, the Big East, it was huge this time of year.
3: It's not the late 70s, it's not the early 80s, and I'm not JR, Richard. I think I I heard Richard call ESPN radio recently with some, like, random stuff. Like, this is what happens. I said, we're going to take a call about something that I'm not talking about. That I haven't even mentioned. Uh let's 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 do another one. Just just for S's and giggles. Mike is all the way out in Los Angeles, California, on the fan in New York.
5: Hello, my fellow Jersey guy. You play football in Jersey. I did. I'm from Jersey City. I go back and forth on business. Hey, chill I was town. With Rutgers. Yes, sir. Shout out to Mike Teal. Um
3: Mike Teal, uh, Rutgers, yes, sir.
5: Yeah, we, we were bad, bro. We were bad. <laughs> but um uh I just, you know, again, I don't watch baseball that much. I'm sorry, but and I didn't get a chance to call you after the Super Bowl. But just, I don't understand how Kyle Shanahan isn't held responsible and to no standards, but the defensive coordinator can get let go after one year, and basically having the defense being better in almost every category years prior. Before Jed York,
3: it. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan.
5: I, I just... Yeah, I just don't. It's like you know, like like is this a good old boys' pub? I'm Steve like, Steve Wilkes, told
3: me that, D'Amico, Ryan's, and uh, Rob Sala. They can plug in anybody with that defense, and anybody they feel like can come in there, and, and like they'll they're gonna add the next young guy, the next up and coming guy, or even an old guy. Did Leslie Frazier get a job? Like they're just gonna plug somebody in there.
5: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just it's just it's just infuriating. Like as like a fan, because I am a 49 Nineers fan. It's because like, well, hold on, wait a minute. This guy done lost the Super Bowl almost three times the same way.
3: Yeah, but they like, credit they credit him. The they credit him for what this current like 49ers group is, the success of this offense, um, the fact that you're you're taking Mister Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, and making him very relevant. Um, I don't know. Whoever's idea it was to trade for Trey Lance should be fired.
5: Oh yeah, that come on. I mean, it, 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 exactly. It's just like it's just like it seems like the accountability isn't, isn't there. I'm like, again, like, they're right. They can plug somebody else in there, but it, like, it leaves, like, a bad kick t- because what more, especially me being a linebacker, inferior infuriated me watching the Super Bowl because it's like there's nothing more defensively that we could do, especially just giving up one touchdown. You tip your cap to then,
3: the greatest right now. You tip your cap to the best yeah. quarterback. They showed a video today where you saw yeah. Patrick Mahomes' eyes when he realized that the Niners elected to take the ball. He was like, oh, really?
5: Yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, you got, listen, I'm like, yeah, listen, I'll take my chances because guess what? I'm pretty, I know the defense they're gassed out. You know, holding somebody to that that, um, grandeur, Patrick Mahomes, to, you know, 19 points in four quarters, amazing. Only better job with Cobb Bowles in in that Super Bowl. But, you know what? I'm more than willing to, you know what? We got three plays for a ring because if it's fourth and five at the KC 39. They're not going for it, and they're going to kick the ball back to you when all you need is a field goal. Like, how is he not held accountable? When you tell me you didn't educate the team on
3: the rules? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) they're not going to fire him. He's the head coach. Thanks for the call, Mike. It's it's simple and plain. He's the head coach. They look at him as the reason that they've been this successful. That they've gone to X amount of NFC championships and Super. I mean, the guy's been to two Super Bowls. In the last five years he went to back-to-back nfc championships these past two years he's turned brought purdy mr irrelevant out of iowa state into an mvp candidate his offense is ridiculous when you watch that offense what they're able to do with kyle use as a tight end as a halfback what they're able to do with george kittle blocking what they're able to do with trent williams Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, the versatility of these players that he's put in his offense, they're they're never getting rid of Kyle Shanahan. They're going to keep going with Kyle Shanahan. I'm sure they believe that he will win the Super Bowl one day. And I think he probably will. I think there's a chance. I think they got to get a better quarterback. Because ultimately, that's what it came down to. The Chiefs had the better quarterback. And your team was gassed. And again, my take from Monday when I told y'all about Dre Greenlaw... Now, NFL Films has come come out with the mic'd up stuff. I put it on my Twitter. I was like, bro, this is what I was talking about, right? And people think it's a wild take or it's crazy. It's not a wild take. I've been in the trenches. I've been in between those lines. I've been in games. State championship game ain't the Super Bowl, but I've been in games where guys come in too hot. I got a target on you. We got a target. I'm telling the offensive line, hey, number 57, yo, he's bugging out. Control yourself. Dre Greenlaw did not have control of his emotions in that game. And if you go look at that footage, he tackled, he comes in late on the tackle when, when they tackled Jarek McKinnon to force a three and out, and he Hulk smashes him. He literally takes his two hands and pounds on him. You can't do that. That should have been a penalty, but since the refs, there was a clear memo in the Super Bowl. Hey, let him play. Let him play. Don't throw a bunch of flags. It's going to ruin the game. Let him play. That should have been a personal foul. That was extra. I don't like that. As an offensive player and and playing quarterback, I don't like when the defense, when they do too much. So I had an eye on Dre Greenlaw in the Super Bowl. I'm like, he needs to relax. He needs to calm down because somebody's going to try and take his head off. He took his own leg off. This guy literally could have just walked back onto the field or jogged back onto the field. He was so hype and so energetic. And you hear Patrick Mahomes say, oh, we got to match their intensity. He had too much intensity. You let your team down. You let your emotions get the best of you in the biggest game of your life, and you may never get back there. You didn't get to re-enter the field, let alone re-enter the game. You tore your Achilles, and that sucks. You don't wish injury on anyone. And 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 I know there's people saying, Oh, you can't correlate the two. Yes, I can. I played. I've been on the field with guys where it's like, yo, that you hurt yourself. Dre Greenlaw didn't even get hurt in the course of the game. He hurt himself because he was too amped up. And also, the football gods don't look kindly on that personal foul that you committed that didn't get flagged. Why'd you hit Jarek McKinnon like that? Because you were hyped up? Control yourself. And now you have to control yourself through the whole offseason where you're going to rehab an Achilles, call Aaron Rodgers, call J.K. Dobbins, call Kirk Cousins. Now your 2024 season is compromised. 877-337-6666.